welcome to the Seeds Church Podcast. Be sure to follow and subscribe to us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and on our Apple and Spotify podcasts. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message from our Sunday service. Thank you, Rod. Thank you, worship team. You know, quite a few months ago, we planned for an entirely different series to run through January. And as the months ticked by and as COVID continued to disrupt who we were as a nation, it became clear that we needed to rethink exactly what we brought to our church uh, and what our church needs to hear over this time. And so the team threw around for quite some time, what, what is it helpful? What is helpful for our church to hear and wrestle with at this particular moment? And there were several ideas that floated around, but, but all of a sudden this, this idea of a, of a state of gratitude popped out, and we don't quite know where it came from or who quite said it, but uh, it surprised us with its inception. And so with all the toing and froing, the tossing of the waves, what we've experienced over the last 12 or so months, we believed it was good for us to focus on the positives. It's too easy to sit with a bucket load of negatives, and we are flooded with negativity almost every moment and every time we engage with social media. So today and for the rest of the month, I want to call us out of negativity and into positivity. Are you okay with that? This is, this is today is a responsive sermon, okay? And I'm going to be asking you to do some things and uh, to engage with me in a particular way, okay? So you've got to be vocal a little bit. Thank you. Finally. Okay, good. Oh, all right, right. Gratitude is a state of being that we need to foster in our lives. It is something we need to deliberately incorporate in our day-to-day living. It involves a choice. Many years ago, somebody coined the phrase, an attitude of gratitude. You heard that before? Yeah, good. Okay, you have now, so that's good. It's important to have an attitude of of gratitude. I know we, that we, all, we all know this and we all should know this and we all go, yes, yes, Jonathan, you're telling us what we know, but somehow we seem to drift away from it and we find ourselves in an attitude of negativity, which doesn't rhyme, so it can't be right. It's a funny trait as humans that we focus on those things which are dour and down instead of those things that are positive and build us up. Why is this? I don't know. It is just what we do. These are not meant to be heavy sermons, okay? So I'm preaching the next three, or this one and the next two, and Rod's got the last one, so he can fix all my theology at the end of it, okay? But they're not meant to be heavy sermons. In fact, you're meant to feel light. And some of you who are smart will get the pun in due course that I've just said. I want you to leave here to turn off your your TV at home or whatever device you're watching this in with a feeling of buoyancy and your heart's springing with a renewed step. Is that okay? Good oh. Why do I say that? Because we are blessed with good things. We have a good state which we are part of. A great country, a stable economy. We have an effective health system. We have a reliable and dependable police force that whenever you're speeding, they will find you. For goodness sakes, we have a rubbish collection service that runs like clockwork, don't we? How good is that? We should celebrate that our rubbish is picked up on time. 
don't believe me, then try and get your rubbish for out of time. Now, make sure that you are sitting within talking distance of somebody who you can share with, okay? So we don't want anybody... So we've got one... Here we go. Thanks, Caroline. We don't want anybody alone this morning. And I want you to turn to the person next to you and share just one thing that you are grateful for. Okay, come on. Let's do it. One thing that you... Find someone. That's it. Sit next to... COVID safe. Sit next to somebody. One thing that you're grateful for. Okay, okay. We got some feedback. What's one thing that you're grateful for? Health. Health. Thank you. Okay. Air conditioning. Yes. Very important. This, sorry, say that again. You like the heat. It is summer after all, isn't it, Michael? Good. One more thing that you're grateful for. Water. Praise the Lord. Okay. I'm going to say a prayer. Then the sermon's going to really start. That's the, always the beginning of a real good sermon. Um, but I've got to say some, some things from senior pastor perspective. Uh, two sad things and then a good thing. Firstly, uh, Leanne Whistle, who's actually on the live stream at the moment. Pers- uh, she's making sure that all happens. Um, who has been on staff for the last two years, has sensed a call that God is calling her to a different role. So beginning of February, she will, she will start a course to help her on her way to becoming a counsellor, which she believes God is calling, us, calling her to. And so while I never like to lose key team members, I do like to hear that God is speaking to people and the Holy Spirit is moving people into um, risky and faith-filled direction. So it's good. While we're losing her off a paid staff, she's not leaving the church, but she's moving into a different role. And so we thank Leanne for her years of service for the church, uh, and she served at the front office, a big job to say the least, and so at the end of the month we'll celebrate her paid employment here. The second sad thing, Ethan Wildman is concluding his contract with us, which was always going to happen. Originally, his job was children's ministry coordinator. And uh, during the COVID time last year, Ethan showed his adaptability by uh, being able to help Bailey with all the IT and streaming setup that we were able to do in order to keep functioning as a church. The good news for Ethan is that he has a job at Pilgrim School which is great news. That's his training, and that's what he decided to do. As with Leanne, Ethan's future uh, is expanding and moving where God is calling them. So we thank Ethan for his work, his service, his hard work amongst us, and again, we will celebrate his time amongst us as paid staff. Now the good news, which leads me to the last one, and to announce that we have appointed Alana Medhurst as in the role as children's coordinator. Good, isn't it? So, Alana, is Alana here? There she is. She's right there. There we go. So, fantastic. Alana has been volunteering in the children's ministry area for quite some time and is now, and is a great candidate for the role. So, thank you, Alana. I announced it before and she was out with children's ministry earlier. So, how good is that? In due course, we'll bring her up the front and we will, um, uh, you can all show your approval on that. So, let me say a prayer. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the people that you bless us with to serve your church. We all have a calling on our life, so we remind us, we ask that you would remind us of that calling at this moment. Wherever we are, here in person 
online, watching this later, Lord Jesus, would you speak to us through these words now, Father? In your name we pray. Amen. So what is gratitude? Here are a couple of definitions I ripped from the internet. Gratitude, thankfulness or gratefulness from the Latin word gratis, pleasing or thankful. A feeling of appreciation which is felt by or positive response shown by a recipient of kindness, gifts, help, favour or other types of generosity towards the giver of such gifts. That's a really long one, isn't it? Here's a shorter one. The quality of being thankful, readiness to show appreciation for and return kindness. Here's my definition, the short one. Gratitude, being grateful is appreciating what you have and who gave it to you. Does that make sense, doesn't it? You're with me, okay. Also found this online. Increasing your gratitude is useful because it is, it is an instant mood booster and it feels great in the moment. You're likely to feel closer to friends and family. You're likely to enjoy life more. It is good for your physical health. It is easier to cope through tough times. In fact, as followers of Jesus, we should be grateful. There's a lot to be grateful for. But this is not a TED Talk on gratitude. It's far longer than a TED Talk. And the benefits of gratitude, as good as they are, uh, uh, there's more. This sermon is given that you might have some specifics to be grateful for and recognize the giver of all good things. And I want to remind you from the book of James, chapter 1, verse 16, which says this, Do not be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. That's telling us that God gives us good gifts. So today, as part of the state of gratitude, I want to talk to you at least initially about the Adelaide Plains. I've never heard a sermon on the Adelaide Plains. Actually, I did. I just preached it an hour ago, but there you go. This is the first time I've ever preached on the Adelaide Plains. And so some of you might have gathered we're playing a, a, a play on words with a state of gratitude. And so for the next four Sundays, we're going to look at these things. So today, Adelaide Plains. Next week, the beach. We have some great beaches, don't we? Don't we? Yes, we do. The third week, the river. Who loves to go on the river? Probably everybody who's there at the moment on the river. And then the last week, Rod's going to preach on his favorite place, the outback. How good's this? If you want to come dressed in theme, you are most welcome to and to make it fun. It is January after all. So let's enjoy it. So here we go. Another one of these. Turn to the person next to you and see what they know about the plains of Adelaide. Not this, the council area, but the whole plains of Adelaide. Turn to the person next to you and ask, what do they know about the plains of Adelaide? Don't leave anybody out. Okay, make sure everybody gets a chance. Okay, okay, first service this went over 30 minutes, so let's always got to keep it tight, okay, so what do you know about the plains of Adelaide? There's kangaroos there. A lot of kangaroos, great, okay, good, haven't heard that one. Yep, other things? Uh, you got it, well done, 
I should have a prize. Fantastic. So, um, set out, Adelaide was set out by Colonel William Light. That was the pun. I said, make you feel light. Okay. Yeah. Oh, this is a dad joke after all. Another one? Is there another one? Traffic lights. It's busy. Yeah, okay. Okay, good O. One more? Sorry? Fertile. Thanks, Paul. Absolutely. Okay. So I typed in Adelaide Plains to Google, of course, and Wikipedia told me this. The Adelaide Plains is a plain in South Australia lying between the coast, okay, Gulf of St. Vincent on the west, Mount Lofty Ranges on the east. The southernmost tip of the plain is on the southern suburbs, seaside suburbs of Adelaide around Brighton and the foot of O'Halloran Hill Escarpment. With the Southern Hummocks Range, anybody know where that is? Some people would. Southern Hummocks Range, which is up near the Wakefield River, near Port Wakefield, the approximate northern boundary. It is much larger than I thought it actually was. So right down near Brighton, right up to Port Wakefield, the sea and Mount Lofty Ranges holding it. So it's quite a large area, the uh, Adelaide Plains. Traditionally occupied by the, in, entirely by the Ghana people, Thanks, Rod. And the Adelaide Plains are crossed by a number of rivers and creeks. Several dry up during the summer. The rivers from south to north include the Onkapringa, Sturt, Torrens, uh, the uh, Little Para, Gawler, Light, and Wakefield rivers. The plains are uh, generally, uh, generally fertile. Gen I'm sure they're generally fertile too. Uh, with annual rainfall of about 460 mil, which is about 18 inches per year. This is the good bit, okay? The plains can be divided into three parts. What's every good sermon got? Yeah, okay. The southern area is now covered by the city of Adelaide, southern part of the plains. The central is considered the breadbasket of South Australia with many market gardens, wineries, particularly around the towns of Virginia and Anglevale. And the northern area is predominantly used for growing cereal grains such as wheat, barley, canola and farming sheep. It's important to note that the Ghana people who lived on the plains for many thousands of years, hundreds of generations, managed the plains very well. I was quite surprised to discover that at the time of European settlement, there were between 300 and 1,000 Ghana people living in groups of about 30, um, family groups of about 30, all over the plains. And they moved around periodically in their remarkably sustainable way, which uh, blessed us uh, as... Uh, inhabitants on the plains. You don't need me to tell you the many bad things that happened to the Ghana people and that were given uh, or handed out to our brothers and sisters. In my research, I found that a couple of Lutheran missionaries were able to write down the Ghana language, thus preserving it for today. Otherwise, it would have been a lost language. Uh, in all that I want to say today, I don't want to diminish the tragedy and injustice that unfolded on for our Indigenous brothers and sisters and we should and we must do all that we can in our efforts towards reconciliation. So the benefits for us as a state are easily divided into three parts. The city, the market gardens, and the broader farming land. And each of these parts brings to us a significant blessing. Our city is beautiful, is it not? Yeah. Yeah. Filled with trees like no Australian capital, we've enjoyed ease of movement and access to all its parts. And I remember coming here in the, in the early 90s and thinking, Adelaide is really just like a big country town, isn't it? 
You don't? You agree with me? Yeah, it is. It is. Of course, it has changed, but we still enjoy a city of character that has many offerings despite its small size. I know that there is something that we've got going on with Melbourne, like some sort of rivalry going on. But I, but I find for me, it quickly diminishes when you drive to Melbourne and you try to get from one side to the other. Have you ever done that? Yeah, like you're on the Monash Freeway, which at a certain times of the day becomes the Monash car park and you're stuck there. In our city, we can find virtually all that we need to to sustain, entertain and help us. We are truly blessed. So turn to the person next to you and name one thing that is good in your eyes about our city. Here we go, come on. Okay, all right, what's good in your eyes about, about the city? Who's got a comment? It's safe? Okay, thank you, it is safe. It is clean, indeed, yes. The parklands are remarkable, aren't they? Yes. Adelaide Oval, hey. Have you checked on the score? Uh, no, we'll keep moving. Um, anything else? Yes. A good chance we know everyone. If you don't know them, you know someone who does know them or you're related to them. So there we go. The market gardens in the middle of the plains grow us a wide variety of food. They provide us with significant proportion of our week-to-week needs. From tomatoes, celery, all sorts of salad items, cucumbers, lettuce, carrots, the winter veggies. There's been even been a wide variety of orchards. orchards. Uh, a walk down the central markets will show anyone the huge variety of foods on offering that are from the soil of the plains. Living in South Australia, let me tell you, we are largely unaware of the struggle that many countries face to provide enough food for their population. The struggle that some people have to, put, have to face on a daily occurrence is very real. There is not enough food in some countries to feed all the mounds. So here, here is a big reason for gratitude for us. Our shops, our farmers markets, our central market, other outlets are overflowing with food. So much so, there is so much food that we often waste it because we don't need it. Our plains bless us with their fertility in growing what we need to sustain life. So turn to the person next to you. Make a comment about the food growing on the plains. Okay, talk to me about food on the plains then. This time last year, we're actually doing food in, the, in here. Food on the plains. It's nearly lunchtime. Who's feeling hungry? Yep, my middle name. Yep. Okay, food. 
fresh. It is. It is. Maggie Beer. Maggie Beer. Good O. Doug says barley for beer. Barley for beer. Just hold that for the next one, Doug. That's, yep. I'm with you. Jumping ahead. You're always jumping ahead. Yep. Good O. Someone in the first service said, actually, we, we are blessed because it doesn't have to be uh, transported too far. And we're reducing our carbon footprint because of that. So, yeah. Anything else about food? From the Adelaide Plains? Loose and hay. Loose and hay. Stock food. There we go. I forgot about that too. Good-o. Thirdly, the part of the plains, the north, that grow our grain and sheep, all our grains. Two items that feature strongly in the Bible. Two items that are important to us on a day-to-day basis. Bread, meat, wool, just to name a few things that we benefit from. Seeing a ripening crop is one of the best things as you drive country roads, is it not? Beautiful. Seeing mobs of sheep feeding makes you feel thankful for every lamb chop and for all the benefits that come from all the sheep, isn't it? So for the last time, turn to the person beside you and tell them what you appreciate about grain and sheep. And we all know Doug's answer already. What a grain and sheep. Turn to the person next to you. Okay, someone who hasn't answered, okay? Someone who hasn't said anything. Ugg boots. Ugg boots. Of course. Ugg boots. The great, the great legal battle that's on at the moment for the name Ugg. Okay, other things. Bakeries. Bakeries, of course. Yes, good. Really good. Servos. Servos. Yeah, good-o. All right. Good. Thanks, Michael. Other things? One more thing. Bakeries. Sorry, say that again. Bakeries, Bakeries indeed. Yep. So one, one, more, one more new thing. Disease free. Absolutely. Fantastic. Oh, you want to say, yep, tell me, Sarah. Clothes, of course. Well, cold winter's day, a woolen jumper, nice uh, merino shirt on underneath. How good's that? Good oh. You probably by now get the sense that I think Adelaide Plains are a wonderful blessing to us. True? Do you agree with me? Yes, indeed, of course. There is many more things that I could mention about the Adelaide Plains, but I want to wind this sermon up with a Bible reading that Rod read to us from Luke 17. It is a striking part of the Bible because it involves Jesus' interaction with 10 men. 10 men who were untouchables. And so for the last 12 months, all around us, we have seen people in many hotels or hospital or home isolation who are virtually untouchable. True? I mean, who's planning to fly to Brisbane today? Nobody. Of course not. We're not. Okay. Yet for these 10 lepers, they had this and so much worse. When you had leprosy, you may as well have been dead because there was no place for you in society in your village in your family in your marriage you were effectively departed 
to the world around you and severed off from the support groups that you knew. Your only friends were those who were cursed like you were with leprosy. So in the Bible reading, we can see that lepers stood off a distance and they shouted at Jesus. It was clear they wanted one thing and that was to be normal again. That was all they wanted. They wanted to get their lives back, to see their families, to laugh, to sing, to be themselves. They didn't want to be the figure that the the disease had forced them into. And Jesus, having pity, tells them to do what is akin to, to getting an all clear, like getting a negative COVID test. They were to present themselves to the priests who had prescribed system to work out if they were in fact healed. And verse 14 of chapter 17 describes the miracle in a couple of words. It says, as they went, they were cleansed. I understand that to mean as that as they obeyed the commands of Jesus, they were healed physically from their leprosy. And I can only imagine the joy in realizing that that which had been the stigma for all this time was removed from you. The curse which had you in its grip is lifted. The burden is taken away. The freedom, the release, what a joy. So different. And of course, you'd be so eager to catch up with your family, your spouse, your kids, to hold them again, to see them, to shout from the rooftops, you have been healed. And in doing so, nine of them forgot the one that healed them. And only one came back, and one that was an outsider to the nation of Israel, someone who had a double curse, according to Israelites, a member of another nation who were looked down upon, distrust, even despised. Only that one came back and showed gratitude. So Jesus makes a remarkable statement to this one who returns. Verse 15, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. I've long thought, long wondered what Jesus meant when he said, your faith has made you well. Weren't they cleansed? Weren't they healed? Yes, they were. So what does being made well mean? I think it has to do with physical healing, yes. But I think the one that came back, for him, he was healed internally. I think the other nine received the physical healing and they were healed forever. But this one man who came back with gratitude in his heart had so much more. His gratitude led him to a place and not only was he different on the outside, he was different on the inside. So here's my point. I think that gratitude does something internally to us. It opens us up to renewed sense of being. It takes us from one place to another. And in the case of the leper who came back, I think it led him to having his sins forgiven. His gratitude led him to the only one who could forgive his sins and make him whole on the outside and the inside. At this point of time, we have two choices. We can be whingers 
or complainers or moaners or bad news spreaders. So easy to do that. Or we can be people who are grateful for what we have been blessed with. And you're the only one who can make that choice for yourself. You choose, you decide. Our decision affects what happens on the inside of us. Our culture all around us wants us to focus on the negative. You hear it all the time. It doesn't suit me. It's not for me. It's not benefiting me. And this leads us then into dangerous and dark waters. We drink in poison that affects us. It's one of the reasons why service organisations are not able to get volunteers as much anymore. For gratitude says, I, I can be appreciative of what I already have and it doesn't have to be my way all the time. Indeed, a mark of gratitude is serving others. Why do I say that? Because it comes out as an overflow from your response to the love of God inside your heart, what God has done to you, and it overflows in serving others. I find normally a serving people is a grateful person. My friends, there's more to say, and there's more to think about in the next few weeks, and we'll focus on other parts of South Australia. And if you want to come dressed in your beachwear next week, I'm sure you won't be alone. There are parts of South Australia that are very much worth our gratitude. God has blessed us. Make no mistake about it. Next week, I'm going to suggest to you a few ways that you can provoke gratitude, but that's next week. So I want to finish with saying this. Gratitude affects your heart. And it's good to express gratitude to those who are around you. Does it save you from your sins? No, but it can lead you to the person who can. To God the Father, Son, and Spirit, that our ultimate gratitude should be expressed towards. And if you come next week, I'm going to lead you further down this road. Let me say a prayer. God, we are grateful for the so many things that you have blessed us with. For this unique state and for the plains of this state, the city, the food, the resources that we enjoy from here, we thank you so much. And we express to you our gratitude for all that you've done for us. You continue to work in our lives. You continue to work in and through us. And we pray that we might be a people who express gratitude for those around us and for the things that are around us, which are gifts from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to the Seeds Church podcast. We hope you join in with us next week. For more information, you can visit our website at seedschurch.org.